let's talk about the economy. Yes, I'm a storage person, a self-storage person. Talking about the economy, I don't have a lot of credentials, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway. My name is Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage, and I'm the creator of the Quick Start Academy, which houses the on-demand self-storage boot camp. That's my premier training that's designed to take you from wherever you are now all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility in the service. You can find out more about it at creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com or Quick Start Academy. Now, I'm a self-storage person. I really don't know a lot about economics, know some, but I'm gonna go on and talk about the economy anyway from my perspective. Now, depending on which silo you get your news from, I doubt if there's much real news anymore today. It's mostly colored by whatever political views the people producing the news happen to have. So depending on which silo you get your news from, you know certain things. So I'm going to assert, not that it's true, but I'm going to assert that if you get most of your information from the news, odds are you, you, we probably know very little about the economy. What I've attempted to do is to try to just get raw economic data and then draw my own conclusions. And I know that's impossible for, because whatever political leanings I have are going to color how I interpret it, are going to filter what I see and what I don't see as I look at the data. But I'm going to do my best because here's what I suspect that the pundits on either side of the political spectrum who are the experts are usually wrong. So I'm going to share in the next few episodes my interpretation of what's going on today and more importantly how that will impact the moves that we're going to be making on this board of self-storage in the upcoming years or months and years. As I record this it's it's February of 2023, and as a business owner, I suggest that our job is to look at what's going on kind of outside the filter of our political views and make plans and move accordingly to what we see is happening now and what we think is going to be happening in the future. Nothing guarantees that we're going to be making the right decisions, but as a business owner, that's our job. Now, I have no credentials to back me up on anything I'm going to say, just my experience and whatever data I can get my hands on. Odds are many of you know more about economics than I do, but that isn't going to stop me. I'm going to go on and pontificate anyway. It would not hurt my feelings if you paid zero attention to anything I have to say. So let's get going. In this episode, I want to talk about the big subject in the economy today, inflation. Inflation seems to be driving the landscape of today's economics. Now, if you're right-leaning in your political views, you know that inflation was caused by Biden's uh, misappropriately named Inflation Reduction Act, which put, quote, $2 trillion of money into the economy. 
And you also know that somewhere along the line, regulations and taxes are also impacting it. Not to mention his war on fossil fuels, driving energy costs up, thus driving inflation. Now, if you're left-leaning, if you're a progressive, and I miss the days of liberal, but if you're a progressive, you know that the oil companies are reaping record profits, energy costs are high, they're making all the profits, and energy is the big driver in inflation. You know that Biden has actually reduced the deficit, so it's got to be primarily energy costs and oil companies and the huge profits that they're making at the moment on the backs of the public. Now, I'm not going to argue here. In my opinion, both sides are too simple to be correct. So I'm just going to tell you from the information, the studying I've done, I see that there's really four main drivers today I think are going on that are driving inflation. The first is the amount of money that's just in circulation. It's been printed and in circulation now. Two are supply chain issues. Three, energy cost. And four, worker shortages. So let's kind of take them on one at a time. So I'm going to address the big one up front, which are the amount of money that's in circulation. And think back to before inflation for many, many years, decades, we had about on average, what, two and a half percent inflation. Very workable. Then COVID hit. Everybody was out of work. A lot of stimulus money went into the economy because people couldn't work. And President Trump signed the COVID CARES Act and approved $269 billion of direct money checks that were to be mailed to the public. Remember, these were direct payments. So not only did we have a huge amount of money inflowing in for unemployment because people couldn't work and they were receiving checks, but $269 billion went in. Remember, Trump wanted his names on those checks? So that was like another huge influx of cash into the economy. Apparently, I made too much money because I never got a check from Trump. My stepson, who's a doctor, did, and I think they used it to help buy a swimming pool that went in their backyard. But anyway, all this money went out, and then Biden won the election, and not to be outdone, Biden signed the American Rescue Plan, which dumped another $372 billion dollars and checks, direct payments to the public. I guess the Democrats assess me as more needy because I did get Biden's check. I didn't get one of Trump's checks, but I did get Biden's check. And actually, my wife got it, so I'm sure it went, it went into her checking account, so I'm sure it was used to pay bills. My wife is very value-oriented. I think she still has the first dollar she ever earned. 
these two relief packages alone, not to mention all the unemployment that went out for a couple years, was $641 billion of new money directly put into the economy in the forms of direct payments to people. Now, this amount of money into the economy can help cause inflation because there's more money chasing limited goods and services. If you remember, most people couldn't work during COVID, so factories and manufacturing were really slow or shut down, and everybody was sitting around with their devices ordering stuff on Amazon, and a lot of money got spent in the economy. Now, I'm not saying this was bad. I don't know. Doesn't matter whether it was bad, it happened. But thank goodness people had money to pay their storage bills. I'm very glad nobody was, or very few people were working and we kept getting paid and I'm thrilled. Our occupancy actually went up. Our rental rates went up. Nationally, rental rates went up. Occupancy went up during COVID. COVID created demand for self-storage and people had money to pay their bills. Thank goodness. Now we hear a lot about Biden's two trillion quote inflation reduction act being the cause of today's quote out of control inflation not to get too political I just don't see it I personally don't think they had anywhere near the effect from both Biden and Trump the direct payments to the public, putting all that cash all at once into the economy. In the Inflation Reduction Act, yes, it does generate economic activity, but it certainly doesn't add direct payments into the economy like the checks did. It does offer some financial assistance for lower income people with, let's say, daycare, which could be a good thing because then lower people, lower waged people can actually afford to go back to work now. And it does offer incentives, uh, uh, certain parts of the economy, like the U.S. chip makers, where we couldn't get chips, we couldn't manufacture cars because we were dependent on other countries to produce them. And it's the part of this act is designed to increase manufacturing at home and to give us missing items in our supply chain that are causing a lot of the inflation today, prices going high. And there's a lot of infrastructure spending on infrastructure we need to be competitive. Now, will this economic activity increase inflation? Perhaps, perhaps some. I don't think anywhere near like the direct payments, but it could have an impact on inflation. Now, what's interesting to me is the Fed's like doing whatever it can to slow down economic activity. The Inflation Reduction Act is doing whatever it can do to stimulate economic activity in certain sectors of the economy. It's like the government's at war with itself. Probably is. We'll see if the Inflation Reduction Act actually helps reduce inflation by keeping costs down on certain items or if it increases inflation. The second item is, quote, supply chain issues. And many ways, this is a 
direct result of one, a global economy where we're dependent on other countries for certain goods and services and COVID directly. I can remember sitting um, in 2020, not being able to get dog food delivered for my dog Bear. We actually had to switch his dog food out, which he didn't like at first, but he ended up really loving what we got him and go with a, a US manufacturer of the dog food. Do you remember ordering stuff on Amazon while you were at home and couldn't get it delivered or it was back ordered and took forever and all of a sudden a box showed up on your front doorstep and you, oh yeah, I did order that months ago. Supply chain issues. As the world becomes more global and less dependent on companies inventorying goods and goods, they basically can have them manufactured and shipped real close to ordering them, keeps inventory costs down. All of a sudden, when the COVID hit worldwide, factories and manufacturing reduced or shut down all over the world. And it took a long time, especially in countries like China, for it to begin to ramp up again. Supply chain issues will affect inflation by one, increasing production cost, it disrupts the delivery of raw goods and raw goods so people can manufacture what they need. We couldn't manufacture cars because we didn't have chips. So car manufacturing was very, very slow. We were dependent on other countries ramping ups before our industries could get going. If you were in the storage business, you saw how much steel went up. It can cause inflation by reduced supply that was less steel to make our systems. Demand for the storage systems was level or increasing, but there was less steel to do it. So prices went way up real fast. Shipping costs are higher. We're going to talk about energy costs in a second. So supply chain issues are a major factor in inflation. Biden will tell you that for the most part it's fixed. It really isn't, but it is better than it was. We don't wait for bears dog food that long anymore. And labor shortages, which we're going to talk about in a minute, also affect supply chain, have a negative effect on supply chain. So as the supply chain slows things down, that creates less product and as demand stays high, which it has in our economy, prices go up. Now let's talk about the other big issue, energy costs. Again, a loaded topic, depending on which side of the political spectrum you're on. Here's what I can gather from my own research. Investment in fossil fuels has gone down about 55%. I think 2014, from what I can see, was when it was at its peak. Since then, investment in fossil fuels has gone down 55%. Now, the U.S. is still the largest energy producer in the world, but increased production is very difficult. Now, if you're concerned about the environment, it's not a totally bad thing that energy costs are high because that could speed up the conversion to renewable sources of energy. Hope it does. 
But in my opinion, even $6 a gallon gasoline does not cover the full cost of fossil fuels. It doesn't cover the production costs, transportation costs, distribution costs, and the cost to the environment. So if you're leaning left, like it or not, you're dependent on fossil fuels right now. Now, unlike most other goods and services, a rise in the cost of energy, a rise of gasoline cost at the pump does not translate into more production. If oil companies took all the excess profit that they made last year, that so many people are upset about, and they put that into increased production, it would be seven years before the public, the consumer, would see that increased production from putting the profits back into it. Now, given the fact that most people, including the oil companies, know that the days of fossil fuels are limited, are they gonna take those profits and invest it back into increased production? Our oil supplies are already low. But if you were an oil company and you knew that your days were numbered and that any money you put into increased production today is what is, is in essence, I don't want to say wasted money, but they're not going to get their money back on it. Would you do it? Probably not. That's what I think most people on the left miss. Now, there's a lot of ranting and raving about the obscene profits that the oil companies made last year. Should they have not taken as many profits and kept prices low? Probably. You know, but here's the reality. The oil companies do not have a fiduciary responsibility to the consumer. The oil companies do have a fiduciary responsibility to their stockholders. They have a legal obligation to maximize the return on their stockholders' investment in their company. That's their job. That's what they are legally bound to do within, you know, Within legal limits, that's their job. So if you were an oil company, would you reduce prices? Maybe, but I don't want to get into that fight. Here's what I know. There's a lot less investment in, in fossil fuels today. And if you had taking profits and increase, create, trying to create more production is a seven-year process. And it isn't going to help today. Energy costs are likely to stay high. And energy costs are one of the main drivers in inflation, CPI increase, all the goods, the bringing goods from raw materials, finished goods, all the transportation. Energy plays a role on that. Cost of eggs, energy plays a role on that. And it looks like it's going to stay high. Finally, what I think is driving inflation today is, is worker shortages. And I think there's four reasons for worker shortages. One, from the information I've gathered, this is what I can say. During the pandemic, a lot of people were laid off and then concerned about going back to work. Was it safe or not? Two, the generous unemployment and direct payments that both Trump and Biden gave the public reduce the incentive to rush back to work, especially if you were concerned about your health and your safety. Three, there's just 
basic demographic changes in the U.S. right now. The population's aging. A lot of people just went out of the work market, went out of the workforce. Population's aging and the birth rate is slowing down. In four, there's a big skills gap between jobs that are available now and skill sets people have can offer employers. And don't forget immigration. It's become harder, especially in industries like agriculture, hospitality, to get workers that traditionally played those roles for the past 20, 30 years because Immigration's more difficult today. So what does all this have to do with storage? Everything. Why? Because the reality is we have inflation. These are the drivers of inflation. Some of them are gonna be harder to address than others. But as a business owner, and I'm making moves on the storage board, and I'm using my money and my investors' money, I have to look at what's going on in the world try to make sense of it so I can anticipate what's going to be happening in the next six months, year, three years. Inflation is a big part of what's going on and I think it's too simple just to get our information from the news. We cannot depend on other people to take economic data and process it for us and tell us how to think. That is our job, especially if you're a business owner. So next week, talk about given inflation and given that I don't see it going back to 2% like the Fed wants for a while, what are some of the upcoming moves? How does that affect the overall economy? And then how does the overall economy affect the moves that we're going to make? So I look forward to being with you next week. If you disagree with me, great. Let me know where and why. Do your, all I can say is do your own research, if at all possible. Pull up raw data and then interpret it to come up with what the root cause is. Then you have a better chance of determining how it's going to affect us in the future. There's no simple causes and there's no simple solutions. Our job is to figure out, given the landscape, what's gonna happen and what our next moves are. We'll talk about that next week. I look forward to being with you then. My name's Mark Helm, and thank you.